Welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. Uh, last week we wrapped up the WNBA season, which means it's time to do a 180 heel turn and get right into previewing the NBA season. Nobody else I would rather do that with today than our pal, Kevin Smick. Smick, what is going on, my man? What's up, man? How we doing? It's great to be here. Always great doing. to be here. We're Always doing, great. man. Can you believe that we're getting ready for the NBA season? I feel like uh, we're in a, our own little bubble. We're in, um, in case everybody forgets, Smith is a Philadelphia sports fan. I, I feel like we're in our own little NFL bubble right now, pretty much texting every Sunday about Jalen Hurts. And uh, then I look Man. up at the at the calendar, and we have to get ready for basketball. Are you excited? Oh, my gosh. It's the best time of year, man. Football is finally in full swing. And now, like, you got basketball to look forward to. And then, like, October is even better where you get some preseason hype. And then you get some, you know, fancy basketball drafts. And then, like, boom, season. my birthday in the season, boom, boom, boom. Usually around opening night is my birthday. So, it's, it's a great time of year. I'm just ready to go, man. And then the one sport we haven't covered on this podcast, you've got baseball playoffs, which even I get excited about. Yeah, and that's that's your oh my gosh, yeah, October's a great time. And, and what's so great about the NFL and NBA crossover at this time is we're getting right to the point of the NFL season where games start to matter and you like really start to learn things, right? Like the first three or four weeks, it's like a, a lot of noise. Like remember the Panthers sure. were three and zero at this time last year. Sam Darnold was like leading the league in rushing touchdowns. We thought that mattered. Oh, and then weeks four, five, six rolled around and we knew what was actually going on. Well, yeah. well we're, we're going to get right out of that time into it was just NBA media day yesterday. And we're hearing all this fluff and all these stories. And we're just right back into all the noise. Like it, we never go without real sports happening and we never go without noise. That means nothing, which is just the perfect blend you want to be in as a sports fan, for sure. Always. It's the best. So today, uh, with all this excitement, as you can hear in our in our voices, we are going over the three things we're most excited for for this NBA season. Uh, I think I labeled it storylines. We'll see what the title of this pod ends up being. But whether it's just a player we want to watch, a team we're excited to see, um, anything. It's what we're excited for for the 2022-2023 NBA season. But first, let's start off. Uh, we have not had a podcast where we covered this since it happened. It has been a little while now, but Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz have traded Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have the parameters for that trade up here. The Cavs sent Laurie Markkinen, uh, Colin Sexton, who did a sign, they did a sign trade for, rookie Akai Agbaji, uh, I believe from Kansas, uh, a wing, a guard player who they just drafted 14th overall in the summer's draft. Uh, the Cavs also sent three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps for Donovan Mitchell. Smick, what did you think of this move? I was busy at work when it happened and I just, it's always the best moment. Like when you get that Woj bomb just randomly, especially like the midsummer when nothing mm-hmm. has happened, you get a Woj bomb and like, I, I missed it by like 20 minutes. Like I was like, I way missed it. I was like, ah, oh, man. So I was sh- shocked and then kind of like ruined the fun for me. I'm not gonna lie. I was, I was a buzzkill, but uh, yeah, this is huge, man. I didn't really see this coming. And, and, you know, reading about stuff, it looked like the Knicks were close, but couldn't agree with like some RJ Barrett stuff. And, and that's what it really came down to. And then the Knicks were like, they were like, Hey, let's, or the Jazz were like, Hey, like, let's just do this and make sure like, nah, we'll, we'll, we'll pass. And the next thing they're like, Hey, let's go to the Cavs and Cavs got something done. And, uh, man, I love their starting lineup. That, that starting lineup is unbelievable. Okay. They're, uh, they got basically four all, well, literally have four all-stars in their starting lineup. Uh, you can't really say that 
anybody in the NBA, I'd say the Sixers borderline do with Tobias Harris and Maxi, but that's, I mean, tr- truthfully, the, the Cavs got it. I don't know how good they are elsewhere. And they don't have like a top, top tier guy. Uh, but they, man, they're going to be a really good team. Sure. And that top tier guy they're banking on, and I think a lot of NBA fans and a lot of NBA heads are thinking about is Evan Mobley. What can Evan Absolutely. Mobley do this year? Uh, um, but yeah, that starting lineup, you you throw a Coro in there, there's finally a fit for him. I think we'll see Jay Crowder is kind of technically on the block right now. We'll see if maybe he gets uh, snuck in there. But I mean, this don't is about Chetty. Don't forget about, dude. Jed, I, they, I mean, the fact that he's still around uh, with, with all that they've done the last few years. Teddy's nice. They're, they're waiting for something that something big to happen. He's the uh, he's uh, Furkan Korkmaz West, right? Or I guess Central, I should say. Uh, just keep him around. Central. We'll, 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 um, yeah, th- I mean, this move this move is great. Uh, I think this is really the perfect fit for him. We've talked about you know what kind of keeps him still from being that true one A alpha on a. Uh, on a championship team. And that's what this is all about at the end of the day. And I think he has the personality and he has the skill set to be that personality alpha, but in terms of being your very best actual player on the team, can you win a championship with that? Probably not. That's why, again, they're hoping it's Evan Mobley, but in terms of the fit around them, everything that he does well is getting maximized in this group and everything he does, you know, not so well, is going to be covered up. You have a playmaking point guard who, in Darius Garland, who can get buckets just like Mitchell, maybe not quite as good, but in all the same ways, but he's very happy to also be a, a playmaker and, and create for others. And then on the defensive side of the ball, with when Mitchell is kind of slacking, not doing what he's supposed to do, you have Evan Mobley and, and Jared Allen back there to back him up, kind of clean everything up. And then throw in Isaac Okoro, you put him on whoever you want. You can put him on the lead ball handler for the other team. You could put him on the best wing scorer. Mitchell has the length and the strength and the athleticism to guard, you know, even up to threes, even if they're a little bit bigger. And before he kind of blew up as a rookie for obviously needing to lead the jazz and scoring from day one, he came into the draft as like, Hey, this is going to be a defensive stalwart who might be able to develop an offensive game, uh, which sounds so crazy to think now here, five years later, um, but he was supposed to be a def- defense first player. Now he's never going to be that at this point, obviously, but if he can get back to even average defense with what he can do on offense, maybe take a little bit of a step back with Garland, taking more duties from him. Um, this could be a really, really fun group in, in terms of that lineup. Um, we're, we're doing a preview pod here in the next couple weeks, but in terms of just where you see this trade, putting the ceiling for the Cavs for this season, what do you where do you think they're at now? What 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 purview do they have going into this season? I want to say this first, like um Evan Mobley is the guy. Like it, yeah. it is him. And I think this trade uh really helped when you know, really nothing helps your young players more when you acquire like a you know, a, like a legit star. Yeah. Uh for example, I think Jimmy Butler helped Joel Embiid so much. Mm-hmm. And someone that like literally is just, you know, top tier level. I think that helps speed you along. I mean, um, but to me, what stands out out of all of this, Darius Garland's 22, uh, Donovan Mitchell's 26, Mobley's 21, Jared Allen's 24. So your core four, all under 26. And really, uh, everybody's, you know, that's an average age of about like 23, 24. 
that's great core, man. So they, they should be up together for a very long time. And looking at win totals, there's what's crazy to me, and uh, we'll talk about this later, but they're, they're projected win wise to finish sixth in the East. Uh, they have the sixth highest win total in the East, uh, which is like, wow, like there's some really good teams in the East. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I guess, and, and I think a part that a lot of people aren't really talking about is, you know, I think Ricky Rubio coming back is massive. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just not going to come back right away with his ACL injury, but uh, you know, they're probably there. I would almost guarantee these guys are a playoff team. Uh, if not, I would be shocked. They don't make it. So I, by the time you get to that point in the season, I mean, they should be rolling. Like, you know, we're not even talking about Karis LeVert, uh, who probably isn't starting there. And then, uh, you know, the Kevin Love, uh, I'm just looking at the roster. Okoro, Osman, uh, they're, they're, they're pretty deep. They're sneaky deep. And, this team can go eight or nine deep, which I think that'd be pretty good in the playoffs. I don't know how many these guys can play deep and deep in the playoffs, but it, it seems like this is a very, very, very good core. Uh, I was just like, this is a no brainer for the Cavs, regardless of all these picks. Like it's people like Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell don't go around. I, it blows my mind. Somebody like the Knicks who are dying for a star wouldn't try to go for this. And um I mean, your 26-year-old All-Stars don't come available like this very often, um, especially somebody like Mitchell, who you could pretty much say is a really, really, really good two-way player, not just like, you know, score stuff and doesn't really have many holes in his game other than maybe he's not an absolute alpha, but uh, and maybe that's what held the Knicks back. Like, we're not a championship team with him being our best player, but the Cavs, like, well, with our 1B, he's, I think we could be a championship team. Yeah, I mean, you think about, wow, for the Knicks. (laughs) I feel like this, the Knicks, until they prove otherwise, this is their own fault. They're in the damn if you do, damn if you don't category, right? Because if they went all in on Murray, then we'd be like, ah, man, what is he really going to do? Like, who's around him? Like, you traded everything to go get him. Uh, RJ Barrett is kind of blossoming into a little bit of a NBA Twitter darling, right? I feel like we'd be kind of knocking them for that. But yeah, then to, on the other end, what actually happened, be a little scared and not go for it. That's, I mean, that's tough for me. And you mentioned the picks. This is what one more, well, no, it's one more pick swap than what the Hawks gave the Spurs for DeJounte Murray. Um, Same number of straight up first rounders and just one more pick swap. And, And I mean, we love DeJounte Murray. But what he does and then having to go to Atlanta to do it in terms of being like kind of an all around defensive playmaking slashing guard next to a Trey Young and the fit there and what that looks like in terms of what you're getting for Murray to be an ancillary player, to be a secondary player versus Mitchell, where it's, hey, this is our final piece in a pretty complete team already. You mentioned the depth. Um, and you mentioned the age, like this team is not going to be cratering anytime soon. This isn't like getting a Lakers, like 2029 20, first round pick yeah. or, or a <laughs> yeah. Brooklyn or, you know, one of those teams, uh, all these guys are going to, in theory, you know, it's the NBA, a lot going to happen, obviously, but in theory, there's a real, probably above 50% chance, which is actually a lot for the NBA again, that all four of those guys are still there at, by the time these picks are done converting over. So that, and, this team should be very good for a long time. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about the Cavs here in the next week or so for sure, because I think we're going to have a lot to say. You said six. What, what um, Do you still have those win totals up? Yeah. 
They what, are what, what's uh, the 47 total? and a half. 47 and a half. Now, I, I'm, I'm not a betting man, Nick, but if I was, um, that's pretty that's pretty enticing. Uh, before I get myself into any trouble with that, let's move on to the three things we're most excited for for the 2022-2023 NBA season. Smick, you are the guest. I would like you to go first. All right. Uh, my thing is uh, Eastern Conference playoff picture. I'm most excited to see uh, there is about – I could say nine or 10 very, very good teams. And, and, you know, obviously only eight are actually going to make these playoffs. Uh, so for me, it's mainly uh, who's going to be left out. Uh, so we're, I'm just looking at win totals here. I'm going in order here. We have the Boston Celtics, uh, Bucks, Sixers, Nets, Heat, Cavs, Hawks, Raptors. Uh, I think that's eight, right? <laughs> One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, so uh, leaves out the Bulls, Knicks, and Hornets, uh, which to me, I think the Bulls are a team that should make the playoffs or like they definitely think they should. I don't like their build. I don't like what they're doing out there. I think Vucevic might even be potentially washed. Um, they've just made some rough trades out there, and uh, it's just not a great situation. But to me, it's craziest. A team with like uh, that many pretty good players on it's not even going to be left in lane. The East has been historically weaker than the West. Uh, so, I mean, there's like a lot of teams that are, are going to be left off on this list. Now, I don't know if the Knicks are super enticing, but them and the Hornets, I like the Hornets a lot as a younger team. But um, I think the bottom two, like I even said, with the, the Cavs being the sixth best team in the East score in the win totals, um, I mean, that's, that's wild. You got them, the Hawks. Uh, the Raptors are always fun. Uh, so, one of these or a few of these teams are going to be left out. And I'm very interested to see how that ends up. Maybe, you know, something happens like last year, nobody's picked the Nets to, you know, be in a playing game. So, I mean, truthfully, I want to be surprised if one of these top tier teams, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, uh, Nets, Heat, even. I would probably say out of everybody, I want to be surprised if like the Heat weren't as good as probably they say. Um, but yeah, that, I, I mean, they're, actually, they're a great regular season team. I don't even know if I believe that. But uh, well, yeah, Heat, they're, a, they're liable to yeah. get injured, right? Right. They, they have their big three, and, and Bam's always dealing with something. Lowry is always dealing with something. The the wrong timing to two of those guys. Um, if, if a guy like Duncan Robinson, who I who I thought about putting on this list, seeing if he has a bounce back season or not. Yeah. If he has another down year. If if Hero all of a sudden has a down year, you know, you that team. And we say this, they could get in pretty quickly, but they just kind of keep, you know, rotating new guys in. Max Struess last year, one of the Martin twins last year, like they're just always finding new players. I want to go to the Bulls because you you brought them up specifically. I think that would be the biggest team to fall, um, especially after the season that they had last year. And I mean, you just got to go look at their salary list to say, man, it would be disappointing if this team doesn't make the playoffs, right? Zach Levine, 37 mil, DeMar DeRozan, 27. Vucevic, 22 even. Lonzo Ball, 19.5. By the way, Lonzo Ball uh, is having some sort of like uh, knee procedure yeah, redone or just done, still rehabbing back. That doesn't seem to be going well. No. Alex Caruso, nine. Patrick Williams, eight. Uh, do we still, are we still unsure about like kind of what Patrick Williams is? He still has like a lot of hype around him and he's I a like guy him. everyone's yeah. very interested in. 
think everyone does. It, but you know, we got to see it. I mean, what did he? What did he play last year? Seventeen games last year. Um, Twenty or seventy-one is rookie year, so it's not. It shouldn't be a big thing, but we just have to see it, and it, it just would be. You're right. It would be a big disappointment, but I think in terms of who's the big one there that is most likely to fall out. Yeah, I definitely think it's them. And then once you get into it, once you get in the playoffs, I mean, these matchups could just be be nuts. I mean, the the yeah. uh, if the Cavs, let's say the Cavs ended up being the sixth seed, right? Yeah. Who wants who wants you know? You think you're a top three seed? You think you're going to be in good shape? You want to play? You want to play the Cavs in the first round? You want to play all those young guys who are hungry and have something to prove? And Donovan Mitchell, who's just such a baller in the in the playoffs, like, do you, is that what you want as your first round matchup? No, I I certainly don't. So, um, yeah, right now the Bulls over or the win win total is forty two and a half, so they're about around five hundred, wow. um, which I think is kind of low. And I, and I actually would like to even bring this up. I think the Pistons are a sleeper team. Yep. Um, they've been making some pretty solid moves. Uh, I would say not. Total win now moves, but a lot of like solid moves, like for example, just how the Sixers made moves as they were transitioning into like a playoff team. Like it, like they have Alec Burks. They just traded for what? Bo- oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so I, I like that too. And Cade's going to obviously take a step back, which I or step up. I mean, uh, I think he should be way way better, and he's already really good. Uh, and then you bring in the rookies they drafted and. I just think they're going to be a fun team that I would definitely look out for, for sure. Uh, so you could add even them into the mix. I think there's like 11 pretty solid teams. The like, no offense. I think the wizards are going to be pretty bad. I think the, the bad. don't worry be, about it. We'll move on. Magic are going to be pretty bad. Pacers are bad. So, I mean, I think I could see realistically like 11 teams kind of being in it. And, and most likely the Pistons probably don't fall into get into their they're over under 29 and a half. That's, not close, but I, I could see them outperforming that for sure, and at least kind of be in the mix here uh, for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on the Pistons. I mean, you add Bogdanovich, to Cade Cunningham, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, uh, I'll skip Kemba and DeAndre Jordan, uh, but Hamadou Diallo is a guy I'm still obsessed with. Corey Joseph is still there. Uh, Jalen Duren in the draft, Isaiah Stewart, uh, Sadiq Bey. There's a lot of guys on that team, and, and this leads into my first thing I'm excited about. We almost we, we started to mention it when we talked about Evan Mobley. The big three rookies from last season, Scotty Barnes in Toronto, Cade Cunningham in Detroit, Evan Mobley in Cleveland. I'm so excited to see what these guys do in their second year. I mean, these all three of these guys are franchise-defining type picks and seem to really back that up with their play last year. Um, all three had some sort of, you know, modicum of team success last year as well. Obviously, uh, Mobley got into you know, postseason adjacent last year. Scotty Barnes was actually in the playoffs. And if it wasn't for an untimely injury, might have done a, a little bit more in the playoffs. And then Cade Cunningham, I think, uh, has now put Detroit in that kind of like respectable group where we even have to mention them yeah. talking about next season. Um to go along with the fact that individually all three played very well. Evan Mobley, 15, eight, two and a half with some great defense last year. Kate Cunningham, 17, five and five. Like if you had to guess what Kate Cunningham's rookie year was going to be in a optimal scenario, like he, he completely hit it. I mean, those, those are the exact numbers. That's probably even higher scoring averages than we expected from him last year. And considering doing that on not very efficient shooting, which we see from rookies, um, 
I can only imagine what he's going to do this year. And then Scotty Barnes, obviously 15.7 and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, doing what he was doing over there in Toronto. What those three do, both from an individual standpoint, because again, we expect um, what the types of players that these guys prove to be in year one. We expect a, a big jump in year two because they've proven to be that kind of player. But then, yeah, what can they do for their team? Where can they bring their team this year? If we expect it to be, you know, a step up from last season, uh, let's see if we pull up last season's standings one more time. Why are you doing that? What about Jalen Green? Uh, what about Jalen Green? Well, I'm just not expecting anything from the Rockets this year. Maybe that's silly. Um, but now nah, they're going to be bad. Yeah, they're, they're going to be bad. I'm excited for him. And he had a very good second half of last year, especially, but I, yeah, I don't, yeah, you know, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but here's, here's last season's conference standing. So the Raptors were fifth with 48 wins. Uh, the Cavs fell to, to, what is that? Eighth there, ninth. Uh, with 44 wins, obviously Jared Allen injury had a lot to do with that. Uh, Detroit was 14th in the East with the 23 wins. But I'm, I mean, I'm expecting, you know, you have to almost expect a jump from each team. Now it kind of plays into the Eastern Conference playoff picture, like you were saying. Like, how how do the Raptors actually jump any of those teams ahead of them? The Sixers, the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Heat. Um, we said it. How would you rank see- the three of them? In terms of for team success this season, now just say like if you had to pick pick three or oh, redraft the draft, how would you oh, pick? Oh gosh, that's so difficult. Um, I would have to go. Oh wow, Mobley one. I gotta go Mobley one. Um, and as much as it, I think I have to go Cade two, and then Barnes three. That's which my is, order, 100%. Which is so tough because Barnes is so fun and just so great. I just think it's with Mobley and Cade, the things they do is so rare for their positions, right? To get Mobley in as a seven-foot rookie who's young to be that two-way dominant already and do it from the post, the high post, and then defensively interior and, and uh, on the perimeter, you can put him with anybody. I mean, he's playing the four right now, which is insane, and doing it you know beautifully Cade Cunningham is a 6'6 guard who can guard one through probably four in the NBA today he can shoot he can pass he's a connector he's like the souped up shooting Lonzo ball kind of thing where you could just like he can just move the ball to anybody and also by the way he can be your primary ball handler um and and Scott I mean Scott he's great but you do have to kind of have the right team and coaching and scheme kind of around him on the offensive end Defensively, you can put them into anything, but offense is what matters in the NBA today. Um, but in terms of those teams as well, like what what they can do, I'm excited to see that. What do you for these three guys? If I set the we're we're doing a lot of uh, betting terminology here today, but if I set the over under at one and a half of them becoming all stars this season, what would you take? I'm gonna still probably take the under. I, I would say probably just one of them I'm between yeah. Cade and I, I don't know if Scotty Barnes is ever an all-star actually. And that's kind of what I would say there. I, I think he's very, very, very good. But I, to me, I thought it was crazy not to put him in like Kevin Durant trades or, uh, right. or even like any kind of other trade. Like I would, I, he's very, very good. I just think kind of like his ceilings capped. Um, 
he's probably a fringe all star for sure. But I, I, I'm for sure Mobley, Cunningham, uh, uh, Scotty for sure. I think I think Mobley's like maybe Anthony Davis, who's actually healthy, hopefully. Uh, just with unbelievable at defensive uh, skill set and just it's truly has it all. I mean, he's unbelievable. So I, I would say if anybody makes it, it'd be him. Smick, what's your number two? What are you most excited for for the 2022-23 NBA season? Well, I thought about this for a while, and I was like, I'm trying not to be a homer, but uh, I would like to talk about how this is actually the year for the Sixers out of all these years. Out of all the years, Simon, this is it. This is the year. This for real is this the time. year. It's for real this time. This is actually the year. And I, I say that meaning like, like this is it. I, I truly believe this is this is actually it. Um, maybe you got a couple more years, but I say this every year, but I really mean this year. I, I was like, this just feels different. I'm so all over the hardened uh, off-season hype. The dude's skinny. Maxi gained weight. Uh, the national media is basically saying we had the best off-season, uh, and we really didn't. We didn't lose any core, so we saw Joel, Tobias, uh, Maxi, and Harden back. Um, you, you signed PJ Tamper to get uh, PJ Tucker. Um, <laughs> You get De'Anthony Melton, who I think is a great addition. I don't know why, but Memphis fans were very – Memphis tw- – Grizzly Twitter was, like, over him. I don't know what he did to them. I, I guess it, his performance in the playoffs just wasn't cutting it for them or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to guess that was it. But to me, he is perfect for – I mean, it's, the best thing is, is Daryl Morey is literally, like, you know, Joel literally says, I want P.J. Tucker on my team – or. I want to play. We need guys like PJ Tucker. What's the deal? He signs PJ Tucker. We get dogs, dude. We, we, we haven't had this many dogs on our team, uh, like ever. We're just like last year, we were a bunch of, uh, you know, just like it was like Joel and B, and then a bunch of like below average athletes. And then, like, I guess it was like Maxie and Thibault, a little more athletic, but like, like George Niang's vertical leap, his, his three quarters of an inch vertical leap. And just like, just basically slow dudes that, and this was always my complaint last year. I was like, we're, we're not going to be able to survive in the playoffs. We're not deep. We don't have playoff guys. And I've heard a lot of local people complaining that Daryl Morey is too obsessed with his regular season model. And he just builds a really good regular season team, which you need to think about players who are going to play, you know, eight to 10 minutes or 20 minutes in the playoffs, um, which has definitely been our downfall because we we probably had like barely five legit players that could you would actually could count on last year in the playoffs. It was like the our core four, and I would say half of Danny Green, and uh, that was like it. So I mean, the Melton trade I thought was great. You're not gonna or uh, Danny Green's contract was up anyway, uh, and then you know Danthony Melton, who they just had too many guards there, and I think that's he kind of maybe wore out his welcome. And he's uh, he's young, he can be a, a ball handler, and I think because. Uh, guy at work was complaining to me the other day ah, they have no backup point guard i was like well i said i think truthfully they're just going to uh you know separate james harden and max these minutes and just be like all right you start off together then one leaves and then it's like all right these are harden's minutes to be the point guard then harden takes his rest and max he comes in i think you just kind of split them up where mostly like you're just playing melton as the off ball and i think truthfully if him or shake could five minutes max with the ball you're fine 
but really in the playoffs, I think it's going to be either Max or Horn's always going to be for. I don't think that's a big deal. Um, you sign Montrez Harrell. He's a dog. I think he's – I wasn't really a huge fan of this signing. I, I, it's, I, I get in this trap where I'm like, oh, I don't think this is a big deal. I was like, it's whatever. It can't hurt. But I said that when we signed DeAndre Jordan uh, and a bunch of other backup centers, which ended up biting us in the freaking foot or whatever, biting us in the butt, (laughs) whatever you want to bite. Uh, uh, Dude, seriously, like uh, this is almost one of the reasons why Doc got fired is because he would refuse Mm -hmm. to not play him. And that worries me because I'm like, Paul Reed played very well in the playoffs. I like Paul Reed. I think he's a legitimate – I think he he gave us – uh, very solid eight to 10 minutes in the playoffs. And that's really, like I said, all we need. So worries me. This gives me another, gives us another doc guy that he's going to go too deep on. And uh, I would also like to talk about Daniel house, who I really loved that signing. I was actually, he was on my um, biannual exception list. Uh, I wouldn't, I didn't think we could get him, but we did. Uh, so, I mean, basically I went in, like, I knew we would have the mid-level exception and the biannual exception if uh, Harden took this cut, which I don't think is being talked about enough. Like, Harden literally left about 15 mil on the table, 13 yeah. to 15 mil on the table uh, to bring back his boys. I think, you know, <clears throat> he looks at Daryl Morey and says, look, I'll take his pay cut, but you got to get my guys in here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, P.J. Tucker literally said at media today that, like, oh, yeah, James and I were trying to come here last year, which is like, good freaking Lord. Uh, why are you saying these things? Everybody was yelling <laughs> at our beat writers to take these tweets down. Like, please don't tweet this. Get this out of here. Um, but I just think, um, you know, it, it, we finally have depth. And uh, also, Cork Maz is a dog now, too. Did you see that? He basically got in a fight with, like, uh, Turkish and Georgian. Is it Georgian? George, the country of Georgia, like the police yeah, yeah, yeah. there or something like that. Okay. It was a legitimate thing. It's it's a worth a Google um but i think we legitimately have like good like 10 and 11 guys and um this is the deepest we've been i don't want to talk about matisse i'm kind of over matisse but the the hardened could be back like everything all the vibes he's just saying the right stuff and i just think i mean like i think truly him being happy and wanting to win and just like i really actually believe him and uh MB just looks so happy, and I think that's part of the thing. And, and I'm curious to see where Maxi takes this next leap, uh, where he's a true, true, true difference maker. And I, I, apparently he's at five or ten pounds of muscle, so he's even bigger this year, uh, but hasn't lost, lost any quickness, according to reports. So we'll see how that turns out. But I think he's a borderline all-star. I don't think he is an all-star, but I think he's a very fringe all-star, at least in the conversation. And uh, like these is a little too good. He's not going to make the all-star team, but he's definitely like should be in like consideration. Like, um, so, I mean, this, this core is just very fun. And, and, and to be honest, I think pretty perfect around Joel. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I would just like to say that, you know, this is, this is the year. Like, and I, I saw a tweet. It's like, uh, you know, you, you basically condemn your team and, and every single May. And then there's like two pictures that they post on media and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm all in. But like, I've been kind of like secretly thinking about this all off season. I'm like, it, I mean, these, these are some good moves. Like I'm, I'm like, these are moves that I would make. I'm like, this, this is, I mean, PJ Tucker is a guy that you absolutely despise when he's on someone else's team. And, and you actually feel like he's, he is, he is Philly. Like he's, Oh yeah. He's going to be an absolute fan favorite. I'm not sure people realize that yet, but the vibes, man, the vibes are serious. 
James uh, Harden is getting really touchdown that. balls in, in, in Philly, man. I mean, they're, Dude, I, that is Darius just Slay, that is he's nuts. trying to get a lifetime of – Darius Slay's trying to get a lifetime of lap dances. <laughs> Let me in the clubs that you know. Well, um, what are your sexual thoughts? I, I want to hear your side. That's just my biasy side. But, like, truthfully, I, I, I like to think I'm a level-headed, non-like homer-ish for the most part. Um. Because I've been very negative about them for the for the past few years, and I kind of believe that after we traded Harden, I was like, really, it's so hard to you know when you trade for someone midseason, you need an offseason, and like we didn't have the correct guys around him anyway. But I feel like this is you know you finally get Harden, you're like, okay, this is the players we need around him. But yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. If the team is going to if you were just to say who's the best built for the playoffs, I think you're exactly right. I think it is this team. This team hasn't had a true playoff roster that when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, you say who are who are the seven or eight guys that really make sense that you want to see kind of on the floor. Um, obviously, Boston is in that conversation still. I don't trust what's going to be happening in Boston this year for me to say – yeah. They're gonna they're they're just gonna keep going. They're just gonna like keep doing what they were doing. It doesn't matter. Um for for those who don't know, if 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 NBA is not your main sport, not the main reason you come to this podcast, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, Ime Udoka, is suspended for the entire season by the team for a consensual relationship that he had with another Celtics employee. Um so that's not Great. Emo Yudoka is also married to Nia Long. Uh, you do not do that to Nia Long. Anyways, that's just a quick aside, not basketball related. But or anybody. I, but or, yes. or anybody, yes. Uh, <laughs> don't do it to Nia Long. Um, Specifically Nia Long, for sure. I, anyways, <laughs> um, I, there's just always something in Boston, man. There's always, always yeah. something. And usually, whether it was Brad Stevens, who eventually got tired of it, and asked to become the GM instead, or now Ima Yudoka, there was always somebody at the helm that you felt could kind of weather the storm and right the ship and any other sailing metaphors you want to give. Um, now that person's gone, and they didn't even have their top assistant because now he's the head coach in Utah. And they have a young 34-year-old, I think, first-time NBA head coach who's going to try and lead this team of big personalities with big expectations and big talent. Yeah. Um I'm not writing them off in the sense that they're going to have 40 wins this year and be an eight seed and lose in the first round. I'm writing them off in the sense that, listen, like most of these teams at the top of the Eastern Conference, I'm just waiting for the playoffs. And you know what? Right now with what the Celtics have going on versus what other teams have going on, I don't think this is going to be the year. Uh, I'm just going to get that out of the way. Here are your eight, all right? Here are your eight when it comes to playoff rotation. So you're going to start off the game – Joel Embiid, James Harden, uh, P.J. Tucker, Tobias Harris, and Tyrese Maxey. Those are your starters. You are going to have uh, consistent sub-minutes for Daniel House, George Niang, and D'Anthony Melton. You are going to have uh, probably more minutes than you want, but still not necessarily regular minutes from Montrez Harrell. You can then sprinkle... Furkan Korkmaz in there for five minutes. You can sprinkle Matisse Thybul in there for five minutes. You can sprinkle um, Shake Milton in there for five minutes. 
you don't have to rely on those guys to be part of your real rotation and say, okay, well, Furkan is in our rotation, but he's going to get attacked defensively, but we need a shooting. Or, man, we really need Matisse for what we do defensively for these 15 to 20 minutes a game. Um, Now you have P.J. Tucker. Now you have Daniel House. But he can be the, you know what, uh, when the Celtics bring in, let's say it's Malcolm Brogdon, and we just want to completely take him out of his game. But throw Matisse on him for five minutes here here in this sure. opening stretch of the second quarter and just shut it down right now. Um, those specialists that, and I think we talked about this on the last pause we did, but that Philly fans fall in love with irrationally, right, and want to see forever because they do one thing so, so, so well. Now you can just see them do that one thing, and you don't have to see all the other stuff because – uh, P.J. Tucker is going to rebound. He's going to shoot threes. He's going to play defense. He's going to bring in intensity. James Harden is going to play make. He's going to shoot. He's going to score. Um, and Bede's going to be an MVP. Tobias Harris is even going to do plenty. We, we've seen Tobias when he's surrounded with the right pieces. Just have to do what he does well, right? Uh, Tobias was guarding, you know, the, the best players on other teams last playoffs. You don't want that. Yeah, he's got size and he tries hard and he moves his feet okay, but it did really well actually he's not yeah but he's not pj tucker he's not Not gonna do and like what you want him to do is focus on being a secondary creator a secondary scorer um which he can't do to that level when he's being your primary defensive player i'm gonna ask you this because the only here's the other we mentioned miami and like what they do and and the, the scrappiness that comes from them but who they have in their eight to nine guys is not where philly is at now you could talk about what Jimmy Bam and Kyle or Jimmy Bam and Hero is compared to Joel James and uh, Tyrese at this point, but you need those eight guys over the course of a full series. You just do. I'm going to ask you to compare these these eight players. All right, Philly, the eight I just mentioned: Tobias, Joel, James, PJ, DeAnthony, uh, Daniel, George, and Tyrese. Okay, you have those eight. I just went in order by by salaries here on Basketball Reference. Let's go to Milwaukee, where you have Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis. And then you get to Grayson Allen, uh, Pat Connaughton, and let's let uh, we'll say Wes Matthews. We'll skip Joe Ingles for now because he's also coming back from an injury. Sure. Um, obviously, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. You, probably, you might not feel this way, but I would take over the top three in Philly. I would take over Tyrese, Joel, and James Harden at this point. Sure. That's, um, no, I think that's fair. But as that's soon close. as you get to even like five, six, definitely seven and eight, yeah, I think Philly has a little more depth. Now, of course, we're doing this way, way out. Somebody's going to be a buyout guy. Somebody's going to be at the trade deadline. Could a Harrison Barnes be available because – the Kings are so bad. You know, somebody is going to come up. We'll see who ends up getting that person. There's going to be an arms race at some point in the in the late winter, early spring. But until then, I like where Philly's at is where I'll kind of leave it. I really like where they're at with that eight because – You mean when, when we Matisse... trade Tobias Harris for uh, Harrison Barnes and uh, Rashawn Holmes? That's what's <laughs> Bring Rashawn happen. Holmes back, full circle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now you really just got my got my head spinning here. Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is just going to forever be. I'm such surprised a he's good back. Player. Very, I'm, seriously. I'm 
I am too. We're, we're going to move on because we could go really deep in the weeds with the Bias But yes, anyways, the point is I am with you. I'm also excited to see where Philly is because, yes, this this needs to be the year because yeah, you're just going to get diminishing returns on all these guys at this point. We're already coming up. What year is it for Joel? We're already – we talked about this recently, two, yeah, four, for, six, eight. For me, eight. it's, it's... – we're already on year nine of Joel. So next year, he's officially oh, wow. already going to be in double-digit NBA seasons. Now, the first two years, he completely missed because of the foot injuries. Um, but still, like, we're we're coming up on that now. And this window is just going to slowly and slowly close over the next couple of years as, a part, as opposed to getting wider and wider. So yeah. And my point with happen. Joel, it could be it could be whenever. It could just pop up whenever. So it's like, yep. for me – uh, a couple of my friends are like, you can't trade for James Harden. That's such a net winning now move. I'm like, you really need to do that. And also, right. I think James Harden actually puts us in that next tier of level of a team anyway. But also, like, you know, they're like, oh, let's get Tyrese Halbert. And I'm like, I, I don't think your window is as long as you think it is. It's it's not. I, I give us two years, maybe three. But really, this is this is the year. Uh, with the way we spent money and, and how the cap works with mid-level exception, buying no exception, it, this is it. This is it, man. This like, really, is it. this is it. <laughs> Gotta be. Gotta be. Just will yeah. it into existence, make it a word. Another team here who has seen their window open and close pretty dramatically over the last, I'd say, two seasons that I want to talk about next. This is my next thing I'm excited for. I'm excited to see the Denver Nuggets and them get back to hopefully full health at some point. Now, we still don't really know for sure when that's going to be. I think Jamal's back, right? He's good for the start of the season. Um, Uh, It's not guaranteed, but most likely, yeah, he should be good. Yeah, they're being cagey about it as always, but I, yeah, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be all right. He's practicing Um, normally, yeah. Michael Porter Jr. is obviously the one that is very much still up in the air. But think back to the last time you saw Jamal Murray being Jamal Murray, right? So obviously we all remember the bubble 1920 playoffs that the battle with Donovan Mitchell. But even the 2020-2021 season, the 48 games he played before he got hurt, I mean, he was was still right there. I mean, he was – uh, actually shooting 40% from three for the season for the first time in his career on the highest amount of volume at that point in the uh, year, uh, nearly five assists per game to go along with uh, the 21 points per game. The last time we saw Murray, he was on his way to being a legitimate number two guy on a championship team. And, and he probably was already there, but we we were ready to see it in the playoffs really happen, right? We saw it in in the bubble when they made the Western conference finals. Um, and we said, okay, Murray has arrived. He's here. Jokic is already here. Obviously let's see what happens next year. Uh, that being 2021 that series. And like in the playoffs, he was actually better. And just the moves that they've made the, the little move for them to get Contavious Caldwell Pope, I think yeah. is a big deal. Um, Monta Morris and uh, Will Barton were obviously big regular season players for them, big rotational players for them. Will Barton obviously dealing with some injuries over the last couple of years, but to get KCP in there, that's a playoff guy, right? We were just talking about get playoff guys in. Will Barton can kind of be neutralized in the playoffs. Monte Morris can be neutralized in the playoffs. You can put KCP in the NBA finals in the last six minutes of a game and, and sure. feel good about that and be happy about that. 
Um, so I'm, I'm excited to finally see Jamal Murray back. We obviously went all of last year without him um, after he missed the second half of the 2020-2021 season. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see him. I'm ready to see Jokic play together again. Uh, I'm ready to see this kind of same, but also kind of improved and different Denver Nuggets team with those guys leading the way. Um, and and we'll talk about this more later, like in the next week or two, but there are teams that are going to be making comebacks this season that we didn't think about much last season. And I think the Nuggets are right at the forefront and I won't be surprised because there's so much uh, institutional knowledge between those guys. It's not like we're bringing in a new player from a different team. He's just coming back and he's been here since the beginning. I'm excited to see if this team can hit the ground running, uh, but more importantly, where they end up and what they can look like in the playoffs in a Western conference that looks a little bit different than the last time they were really championship contenders, right? Because we think the Utah Jazz are not what they were the last time Denver was really in it. The Los Angeles Lakers are not really what they were the last time Denver was in it. And obviously, Golden State's much better. Dallas is much better. Memphis is much better. Um, but still, the the Jokic-Murray combination is something I'm very, very excited to see. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think they kind of gave themselves a nice Michael Porter Jr., uh, I guess, insurance plan. With KCP and Bruce Brown, which Bruce Brown, I Bruce love Brown. that signing. Bruce Brown, yeah, that was a great signing. I, I had no idea why the Nets just let him walk for what he got. I think he didn't even get like a mid-level exception. It, whatever it was, it was something like it might have been less than they should have signed match, whatever. I, I thought that was really bad. Um Bone Thailand, you and I kind of offline were talking about this. Like uh, I do actually think that's a guy I could take a next level step. He he's a local dude in Philly, he's from Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, which is close to me, actually. Uh, he had a ton of fans there. He went off, dude. It was it was actually cool. Like, he had a whole bunch of people there for him, and he was just, like, shooting the lights. I was like, yo, this guy's nice. <laughs> um, so I think he's a guy that's, like, a really cool, like, microwave scorer off the bench and just you can get, like, next level hot. So I think between – like, forget MPJ. I just don't think you can count on him. If he is, that's great because we all know how good he can be. Uh, but say, you know, you have Jokic, Gordon, KCP, and then a combo of Highland and Bruce Brown with Jamal Murray. I think that's even just that's good. Um, and I agree with Monty Morris. I mean, you're going from Monty Morris to Ishmith. I'm always under the impression that uh, every single uh, backup point guard is relatively the same. They're all replacement level, same type of player. You're not really gaining much from one. They, they all do the same stuff. So to me, that was a great trade for them because KCP a lot higher, I think, than Will Barton, especially in the playoffs. Like you said, it's a guy you can absolutely trust. Um, he won a title with the Lakers, right? And, uh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, – I was looking at while you were talking, looking at the uh, Western Conference winners. Actually, they're fifth in odds on DraftKings. Lakers are ahead, which I, I think they just get a boost just because people they, – they steal people's money. Yeah, by money. Mm-hmm. The Lakers. Uh, but win total wise, they're actually fourth uh, behind the Suns, Clippers, Warriors, which I think is probably more accurate. Um, but yeah, no, I think this is a sleeper team. Like when I talk sleeper, like not like a, a piston sleeper, like an actual like championship sleeper team for sure. Like a 
it's going to come down to see if like Jokic can actually be like a you know a playoff guy because I think he's kind of I could be wrong but I thought he's been kind of he's not as great in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Anti-Jokic agenda from the Joel Embiid Philadelphia regular, 76ers fan. Regular season continue. player. Let's all right. We're doing this now. Let me pull up Jokic's playoff numbers. Here we go. Are we ready? Sure. Um, we can always just cut this part out if uh, you know if they're like fantastic or something. <laughs> um, playoffs 2022. Well, let's let's do the whole career if you're if you're for saying he's uh not a guy. Um, 26 and a half points, 11 and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. Um, last year in their one series, the five games against Golden State, 31 points, 13 boards, six assists. That's uh, that sucks. <laughs> uh, Jokic, um, Jokic, 26. Goodness gracious, man. In terms I of playoffs, say, I want to say like when, when him and Murray were going off, like. When sorry, when Murray was going off, I thought that like Jokic was definitely like not showing up. Yeah, I mean the Lakers. I'm trying to think but, back to that series off the top. But he's so the Lakers now, were game planning around him also, um, right? Because that was when they had they had Dwight and what was the other Wash Center they had at that point? It was Javale that season in the bubble still? Dwight especially, they just like literally Dwight was throwing himself at Jokic, just trying to take yeah. him off. Um, I do remember That's that. True. And and yeah, you can't let that happen. And we've seen Jokic, uh, yeah, in the playoffs get, you know, frustrated with stuff like that. But point is, I'm just happy to have Jamal Murray back in the NBA. I think everybody is. Obviously, For have as sure. many good players as you can by the time yeah. they get to the playoffs. Um, I'm excited to see him in the playoffs. I don't even care necessarily what the team does, although I do think they're going to be good. Um, you mentioned it, even without Michael Porter Jr., they're eight. Uh, Jokic, Murray, Gordon, KCP, uh, Bruce Brown, Ish Smith is going to play, Jeff Green, Bones Highland. There's Don't forget right the first the first player signed in free agency, DeAndre Jordan. I was going to – I was just going to skip right over you always that gotta You always got to risk a tampering violation for DeAndre Jordan. Let's, let's sign him at, at 12.01 a.m. Well, that's that's our that's our guy or si- actually in, six p that was six who PM, in denver but. do you think was asking for deandre jordan who, you, who who's the tie there bruce brown do you think bruce brown was like you got to bring my guy dj if i'm gonna come he wasn't here? even there yet he wasn't even there yet they signed him see, that was the late. thing he needed to see it he needed to see dj get ink yeah. first i mean who wouldn't want deandre jordan i mean did you did you not watch him the last couple of seasons he's totally not washed he's totally not washed i like, think the other next level wash like i mean like he's totally not like worst player in the nba washed i think the other uh gms in the nba also didn't haven't watched him in the last couple seasons because that's why he keeps the, the nuggets gm it was it tim Connors still there no he, or team he's a minute well whoever whoever is there anymore. he didn't watch deandre jordan last season yeah this is the guy we want right away let's let's sign let's let's get, get this one out of the way yikes you can always count on us for a little uh, pessimism, even in a way we're well most excited Green about. Backup center, okay. my God, that's horrible. You you absolutely you absolutely should have Jeff Green be your backup so center. That's exactly bad. what should and and will happen. Uh, on that note, Smith, what's what's the final thing here on your list today that you're most excited for for the season? Uh, I, I'm looking at like the most improved player award, where really mainly I'm just getting at is. I want to see who takes that next step because it's every season. And, and you know, one of these players is going to, and I'll just read it off in order. You have Anthony Edwards, 
this is order of uh, odds. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halberton, Jalen Brunson, Zion Williamson, Cade Cunningham, and I'll stop at R.J. Barrett. Um, <clears throat> so basically, they, they, they like the two Knicks guys here, but I, I think really who I would pinpoint here is Anthony Edwards, Halliburton, Zion, and Cade. Um, I think one of these guys is probably going to take a next level step. I'll throw LaMelo in there as well. Uh, I personally think Tyrese Maxey uh, could be in that running too, but not on the level of these guys. Maxey's not going to have a chance at this award. I, I, I think uh, LaMelo is at plus 2,500. He's like ninth or 10th on this list. I think he's a, that's a little too low, but apparently Zion, dude, if he's healthy, I'm serious. Like, uh, he looks like jacked. He, he, I saw a comparison from this year to last year and, and taking a year off. And as much as like, I'm just an anti Zion guy. I just don't like that type of, I don't think that type of game can be successful. I, I think that, you know, his efficiency numbers, like no one's been that efficient. Like he breaks, he, he's, a, he's an absolute outlier. Like he, he breaks the system. Like he is so efficient under the baskets. It's, outrageous like it makes no sense to me it breaks my brain actually but um dude was averaging like almost 30 points a game uh just a couple years ago and i mean like i i think he can obviously get better so i mean i love tyrus halberton i think anthony edwards who is the favorite of this award is just next level good probably actually could to truthfully he's probably the best player in minnesota um so I, i'm very curious to see who takes that next step it's going to be one of them it could be all of them really i think all of them very much could be just like absolute dudes. So I think that's what excites me. And I'm going to be paying attention closely to this because I think that honestly, Edwards, Halliburton, uh, Zion, and Cade all probably are definitely going to be in like all-star contention for sure. RJ Barrett was on that list too, right? Yeah, he is. You were looking at. He's sixth. On odds, yeah. So I think their DraftKings, at least, so I'm looking at, just probably backing on either, you know, someone taking over the, the the main guy role, and whether it's RJ taking that step or Jalen taking that step, which, you know, Jalen could take that step. I mean, he, he just was playing out of his mind in the playoffs, and I think, you know, between the New York atmosphere, him being a local guy, uh, like, dude, Jalen's just, he's just so, so underrated. Like, I don't know if people look at that contract being like pretty bad, but I don't think in a few years it'll look that bad when kind of everybody else catches up to that. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a side note, but I, I just think it's absolutely insane that the, you know, this basically have the perfect combination with Luca. Like, why are you being cheap and just not signing him? Cause the way the NBA works is most of anybody who's listening to this knows is like, you, you can't just sign, you can't just replace him out of no, like thin air, like, you, you have salary matching and, and basically like you just need to sign him and then just trade him or something. Like if you're not happy with it, to me, it was just absolutely atrocious that they actually let him walk. Like maybe they just truly never have a shot. That's what it kind of sounds like. But even if they once, offered him more of the same amount they of money, I guess that's him on the extension day. Yeah. Yeah. Might so, have been over. But still like, I, I, I think that's just outrageous. I mean, that's the perfect combo with Luca and, I'm getting on a tangent here, but yeah, anyway, but yeah, no, I, I just look for specifically, I think Anthony Edwards and Zion probably the favorites in this. Tyrese Albert is just so much fun. He, he's so cool. Like, um, Pacers could be like a fun little young team, I guess, but um, 
Tyrese is good, man. It's crazy to me that the Kings actually trade him instead of Fox. Like, I, I just, that's the most Kings thing ever. I'm sure they tried to trade Fox, and I'm sure they didn't get what they were looking for in terms of a return. Yeah, and this award, it, and, and really all the awards, and this goes across leagues too, unfortunately, it is usually just about like pure numbers, right? Like, what can, yeah. The what can the the beat writer in Oklahoma City who hasn't watched every game of every team vote on, right? And it's points, rebounds, assists, maybe some wins and the two games that they came to OKC for, right? Something like that. Um I think Anthony Edwards as the favorite makes a lot of sense. Uh he averaged 21 points and and 4.8 rebounds and 3.8 assists last year. I think we could see all of those numbers go up by a couple. Uh he's not he hasn't shown to be nearly as good of a rebounder as he should be for his athleticism, but with probably a few more missed shots coming uh, the way uh, to Minnesota with Rudy Gobert's addition, there should be more opportunity and he has the athleticism. He should be getting more rebounds. Will he probably, he should be, I'll leave it at that. Um, I think think he will. And in theory, also, if he's scoring more points, he has the ball in his hands more. He should also be getting some more assists in every game. Um, if Edwards gets to like 25 points, seven boards, and five assists, right, which is only four points, two rebounds, and one assist more than he had last year, and the Timberwolves win six more games than they did last year, I think he's got this locked up. I don't see Zion getting it because last time we saw him, he was 27 and 10, uh, an, an all NBA team kind of guy unless he goes for like a 30 burger and like 14 boards and, and is a all defense type player. I don't think, he's I think he could be an all-star mix. game starter. Really? Oh, he absolutely some numbers. I, absolutely I think that's could. enough to warrant the award. I mean, I think if he takes that next step, like John did, like how John went from, you know, uh, very, very good promising player and um, to all-star starter. I think that's, that's in the cards. I think that could to get it, but really because Anthony Edwards is just, He's filthy. Uh, he, he's just a dude, man. He is. He, uh, is. he, he is. But um, and no, then Brunson I, and Brunson and Halliburton. I don't know if they're going to put up the gaudy enough numbers, just because. Yeah. I think you get the reason why we like the Brunson deal was he's going to come in and be a point guard, right? And he's going to. I don't think he's. You know, he had. What was he last year? Sixteen and. Oh, goodness gracious, where'd you go? 16 points, five assists. Like, is he going to make the leap to 22 points and seven assists? I don't know, because I don't know if that he could do. I, he has the ability to do that. I don't know if that's why you bring him in. I don't think that's what they're going for. Halliburton, he, now he did put up uh, 17 and a half and, and nearly 10 assists a game in his 21 games in Indiana, so may, or 26 games, so maybe he can get there. Um, RJ Barrett is a sneaky, interesting one, but I think – uh, just because I think Brunson could elevate him to a 25-point scorer if that's the way the Knicks choose to go. But I think Anthony Edwards is definitely going to be – I think he's rightfully the favorite there for what you're, you're seeing. Yeah. All right, Smith, quickly here. We'll get to my last one of the evening. Um, and it's one that's very near and dear to my heart. I think it is truly the thing I'm most excited for. It could also be the one thing that goes the most wrong the most quickly, but I'm going to be the ever optimist. I am excited to see what John Wall looks like with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, John Wall is very, very near and dear to my heart. Uh, Wall star forever. 
John Wall, we haven't seen B himself since 2016, 2017. It has been a very, very long time, which obviously means his signing there could be underwhelming, let's say, to someone like myself who's very excited to this. But here's why I hold hold out hope. Uh, John Wall has not really stepped on an NBA court since, I mean, technically 2020, 2021, but four game, 40 games, I should say, of like not real basketball because, you know, that was when Harden demanded the trade and everything. But, you know, he looked good. I remember texting you, I think, the first four games. Uh, again, like we were talking about here, first, first few games of the season. And they had a better record than the Wizards at that time. And Russell Westbrook was not looking good at that time. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not even mad. Like, good for him. I'm, I just want it. I just want him to do well and, and succeed and, and have fun. Uh, tw- I mean, 20 points and seven assists, uh, again, for a team that wasn't very good. But you know what? He did it. He sat out all of last year. So this man is fresh. He's ready to go. To me, that says Houston was like, no, no, you're too good. You're going to make us win too many games. Go home. Um, so I think he's in good shape. He didn't get the minimum contract from the Clippers. They actually gave him, I forget which exception they gave him. Might've even been the mid-level. I don't remember for sure. Um, but he got some real money behind them. I don't know what there is. It was a taxpayer's mid-level exception. So a little okay. less than the nine. That was like 6.5 mil. But the most they could get, right? Because they're, they're very clearly. Correct. The they're they're, they're yeah. a taxpaying team. Yeah. So you just can't pay as much yet. So they, I mean, they wanted to, that was a, that was a real target for them. It wasn't this, oh, you know, you're a big name veteran, come be at the end of our bench, we're trying to win a championship. There's a real role for him here. Now, what is it going to be? I don't know. I haven't really dug into it again. We're in uh, kind of media fodder season. So whatever anybody says, I don't even know how much I would put into it, but obviously the, the point guard there right now is Reggie Jackson. And so it's just, where does he fit? on that kind of totem pole do they see those two guys playing together do they see one coming off the bench for the other that's either way he's going to play he's going to either lead the second unit from a ball handling standpoint or he's going to be the starting point guard at some point here's the piece i'm most excited about this this is the nerdy part of it that i want to see not just i want to see do well and i want to see the clippers uh, I'm going to say I'm rooting for them to win a championship this year because I want John Wall to have a rank. Uh, so I'm just going to go right. But the nerdy thing I want to see, the basketball thing I want to see, is what pace the the Clippers play at. The last time we saw the Clippers at full health was in 2020-2021. Kawhi and Paul George both played about 50-some-odd games. They were 28th in the league in pace. And they were minus like 2.3 points from league average, which is very significant when it comes to pace scoring. Um, the last time we saw Wall healthy and being a significant part of a team on the court in 2016-17, the Wizards were 10th in pace. Wall pushes the ball, whether it's him getting out on the break, him hitting ahead to, to uh, his teammates on the wing. Now, again, who on the Clippers is really going to do that? He might want to push the pace, but Paul George and Kawhi might be hanging back. But Norman Powell will get out there. Luke Kennard will try to get some open threes. Robert Covington will hustle down. Rich Jackson might want some free layups. Um, Terrence Mann might get out there on the fast break. So there, there's a world where John comes in and, and pushes the pace for this Clippers team like they haven't really. Last year, they played with a little more pace with, with George Owen playing 31 games and Kawhi not playing. But even with those guys, could we see them introduce, hey, a little bit of pace, a little bit of pep in their step? Uh, with John kind of being the spur behind that. And then if you want to really talk, you know, 
talk about a playoff lineup. I think of Marcus Morris at center, which they flirted with and done a little bit, plus Kawhi and George on the wing, plus Reggie Jackson and John Wall at guard. I think that could be pretty fun. And, and Wall knows he's not, you know, number one guy anymore, which means I think he's going to get back to putting that all defensive type of effort in that he was doing very early in his career. Um, again, in, in shorter spurts, he's not going to be doing it as a 35 minute a game starting point guard if that's what he ends up being. But we could really see him lock up and, and play some defense as well and then push this team, get out on the fast break. So I'm excited for Wall. I'm excited to see how he plays for the Clippers. And I'm just excited to see him play meaningful basketball again. Yeah, 100%. Um, John is starting. I mean, he, he's, he's going to be the starter. Um, to me, with just the Clippers in general, the fact that they have either Terrence Mann or Luke Kennard literally being the third string player, this is the deepest team. I actually heard someone, I forget who said it, someone on the NBA podcast this summer said this might be the deepest team of all time. Like, it is ridiculous. Like, their bench could be like a probably like a, an old school eight seed in the East. Like, it's crazy. Um, what they're talking, like, they don't really have a backup center right now. Their backup center is listed as Robert Covington, which he can play that. So maybe. Uh, yeah, so it's like, ahead. so it's Cove, uh, Marcus Morris. Luke Kennard, Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson. And that's not even counting Terrence Mann, who had some serious playoff moments too. Like, uh, it's nasty, man. Like, and, and they got some younger guys too behind them. But Kawhi Leonard being healthy and and just this this starting lineup's pretty – I mean, I will say, like, they don't really totally have, like, a third guy, which hopefully John is that guy. Um, so that's where they probably lack. But, like, overall – like, they have, like, 12 legitimate NBA players. Um, I think they just have too much depth where they don't really have like a lot of high ceiling other than their top two guys, which are, you could argue, you know, are two top 10 NBA players. So that's kind of very important, but also like their third, fourth guy, like we were talking about earlier, like the Bucks would like, they have like Drew Holiday's their third guy, like, you know, John Wall, Nicholas Batoon or Zubac is not really great third, fourth, fifth guys. So that's an issue, but no, this team is uh, going to be very good, like very good. And any team with Kawhi who, it's just an absolute robot in the playoffs. Like they're, that's always going to be a championship contender in my book. Like she's probably healthy wise when, when healthy, probably honestly, maybe the best player in basketball, seriously. Um, uh, this Vegas has them as the fourth highest wins total in the entire league. Second in the West, actually tied for first tied with the Suns for most wins or at least regular season wins. Uh, draft Kings has them. I just had this up actually. Um, actually, I don't even see that anymore. Where's, where we got a champion? Sorry for the delay here. Actually, they are the favorite, according to uh, which I thought that was the case. DraftKings has them as the favorite uh, to win the title, actually. So, no, that would be really cool to see John Wall. Uh, shout out to him. Apparently, he was going through some serious mental health stuff and he really just took some time to get some to get himself right. And as said, he's feeling so much better and just happy to be in this type of situation. So, man, happy for him. Uh, that'd be really cool if that happened. I would be all for it. Um, plus just the Clippers being, you know, just a joke of a franchise forever. It'd be cool to see them finally get over the hump because they never could. And I think Ty Lee's a great coach. Uh, you know, yeah, I can't really say much else, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if John, even if he's not, he's definitely not his old self, but even if he's 85% of that, that's a very good player. Um, so, you know, to get that type of player on a 
mid-level exception is very, very good. So, no, I'm very excited about the Clippers, and it's good to see them healthy because, like, you know, they just were kind of non-existent last year and were a playoff team really without Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard. So that's basically my point of how good they are depth-wise. Like, they're a playoff team without their top top two guys who are absolute dudes. And, uh, yeah, go John Wall. Wall can be a 15 7 and oh, yeah. four guy with some good defense and just efficient shooting. I think that I think we're gonna see we were starting to see that that three pointer go down a little bit better, man, uh, in those last couple of years there in Washington. Sure. Um, if we can, if if we could just get you know, even 30, 34, 35 percent on, on catching shoot threes, right? And, and just a little bit of playmaking and a little bit of scoring and just, uh, man, that would just, oh, that would be so great. Why is basketball reference just continually playing Kyle Kuzma mic'd up day one of Wizards training camp? They're just taunting me here. <laughs> headband on. I like Kyle Kuzma. Um, what is he wearing? That was the question. What he's is, got, he he's got like one of those like long tie headband things on um, with it, with his sleeve and, and uh, I don't know know who he's talking to over here it might be isaiah todd it's hard to tell it's the back of the head uh there's a quick that that's the most wizards talk we're gonna have here Let's for a while wizards. I think. um brad's there because he wants to win that's what he says yeah he's an he nice potter i've got i've got no comment i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it just wait till they go 11 and 4 in the first 15 again and then i'll be i'll be right back but until that day um we are out of here uh yeah. smick thank you so much for being here again man love doing this with you love talking nba we're oh, we're gonna have who knows how long we're gonna stretch this nba preview stuff out till uh next week we will have some version of an nba preview show if it's if it goes three hours we might stretch it into a couple episodes that we'll release over a couple of weeks here but uh we'll we'll see what goes on but we're gonna have smick back again very very soon everybody so smick thanks again for being here man appreciate you always glad to be here man Fantastic. And everyone out there, thank you so much for listening to the Simon Short podcast. Some some programming things. Please go find us, uh, rate, review, subscribe. We are on Apple, Spotify. We're on all the other fun things too. So wherever random place you might get a podcast from, you can find us on there. Um, thank you so much, everybody. Appreciate you. Have fun and be safe out there.